Unity Water is proud to sponsor this podcast series because we believe great news, great solutions and great outcomes deserve to be shared. See what we're all about at unitywater.com. You're listening to the Australian Water Association's podcast series. This is Hazel Flynn and I'm joined now by Sarah Watkins, Senior Planning Engineer, Water Services Planning for Melbourne Water. We're here to talk about a very innovative approach taken by Melbourne Water to the issue of wet weather spills. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Victoria's State Environment Protection Policy regulates wet weather spills in the sewerage system. Unlike other states, with the exception of New South Wales, it does this by setting a numerical target, doesn't it? That's correct. So how does that work? Yeah, so it sets a standard for containment of um, sewerage under rainfall events. Um, and that's, that standard is for uh, containing the one in five rainfall events. So basically, when it rains up to an intensity of, um, of five year um, recurrence of the interval, um, all sewerage must be contained in the sewer system and um, spills that occur um, above that threshold are permittable. Now, by spending almost a billion dollars, it was over two decades, Melbourne Water upgraded its sewerage network so effectively that those wet weather spills dropped from an average of 180 a year down to none. But you actually think that's likely to change, don't you? Certainly. With population growth, uh, we'll have more people living there, more waste being produced. That's going to put a strain on the sewer system. Um, we've also got ageing assets, which um, you know we can upgrade, but that can actually impact capacity as well. Um, and of course, climate change, are really, climate change is a really big one as well. More in um, intense rainfalls, perhaps less rainfall, um, but certainly more intense storms could drive up that number of sewage spills. So you identified some at-risk sites, and one of them was a sewer near Dandenong Creek. The organisation could have spent something like $140 million upgrading that sewer. Instead, it took a very different, interesting approach. Tell us about the Enhancing Our Dandenong Creek pilot program. Yeah, so it was a fantastic initiative um, led by Melbourne Water, really for the water industry. And it was something which um, was identified by the water industry in Victoria as as needing to be addressed, that a risk-based approach to managing these wet weather overflows um, was probably a new way forward that could better manage investment and also outcomes to the community and the environment. So um, the Ringwood South Branch sewer um, in Dandenong Creek uh, was identified as one of those sort of low-hanging fruit um, that, you know, a lot of the work had already been done in minimising overflows, but um, the investment to upgrade um, the Ringwood sewer was was quite high, and it, based on the waterway values there, uh, what we knew about the community expectations for that waterway, um, the value of investing that much money was really questioned. Um, it wasn't a prudent investment to spend all that money for what we thought was going to be quite a low outcome. So. Uh, Melbourne Water did quite a bit of um, work in investigating the impacts of the waterway um, in terms of the health and the ecological impacts from the sewer spills. And we had a really strong multiple lines of evidence approach that demonstrated that actually there's all these other pressures in the catchment. There's industrial runoff, there's residential runoff, and those sort of day-to-day influences and stresses on the system were a much bigger cause of concern than infrequent overflows from the sewer. So we embarked on a project Um, in partnership with the EPA. So we had full regulator support to basically pilot an alternative approach to managing these wet weather overflows. Um, And the Enhancing Our Dandenong Creek project was born of that. Um, Really, it was around trialling a new approach to achieving our compliance and regulatory um, obligations under the SEP to meet that one in five, but through doing other measures. So um, we took an approach that really engage with the community quite strongly. Um, a lot of stakeholders from around the business, a really multidisciplinary approach to actually try and tackle that. It's a really new way of thinking about things, isn't it? It certainly is. It's really moving away from that kind of siloed, um, 
reductionist kind of approach where to manage the sewage system, it's only pumps and pipes, um, sort of the, the, the usual capital investment to get larger pipes to transfer water. It sort of really tipped that on the head and, and on its head and really thought about, okay, well, how does this system work as a whole? The SEP is designed to protect environmental values and specifically the beneficial uses, which basically means the ways in which people might want to use the waterway. So that's ecological um, value, public health, and things like amenity and recreation. And it took a step back and decided, okay, well, if we want to achieve these outcomes, what's the best way to do that? What's the most cost-effective way to do that? And also what's going to provide the best value to the community? And it really was decided that looking at, looking at that holistic approach that upgrading the sewer wasn't going to provide that value and that really um, there were better ways, smarter ways to do it where we're going to get much better outcomes. So how did the project run? What kinds of things did you do and how long did it take? Yeah, so it took, it was a five year program. It started back in about 2011, um, but getting up to that point, back in 2008, Melbourne Water invested quite a lot of money in actually understanding what the, the sewer augmentation would be. So we invested quite a bit in getting to a full functional design and that's where the cost of 100, it was $110 million at the time, about $140 million today. Um, to actually provide that upgrade. And we thought, hang on a second, this doesn't seem like a prudent and efficient investment for our customers. Um, so we then invested some time and money into doing some monitoring and to gather that evidence to enable us to actually have um, you know, a solid case to go forward in doing something different. And that was really important for the regulator and also for other internal customers and stakeholders. So it's important to understand that Melbourne Water is the bulk sewage manager, the bulk water supply manager, but also the waterway manager. So we kind of wear you know, a couple of different hats there. Um, that engaging internally with our stakeholders um, representing the waterway function was really important. So what we did was we actually got um, everyone together. We had a bit of a forum, um, an ex expert panel that explained the issues. We had the, um, the sewage managers explaining the issues that they have. We had the waterway managers explaining um, what the ecological values were and stresses were there. And everyone got a really um, good shared understanding, I guess, of kind of what, um, what, what the status quo was and how, how the different options could potentially um, what they would potentially achieve. Um, and then what we did was uh, we did a really uh, quite a thorough triple bottom line assessment effectively of um, understanding what different options were. And one of the, the first option was upgrading the sewer and what value was that going to provide? And then looking at other, other alternatives. So we looked at um, ecological impacts for habitat, um, wetland um, at, for water quality treatment. Uh, we looked at things like pollution prevention and, and behavior change programs and what they could do. And we had a, a, a collaborative decision-making process where we uh, basically had input from these various stakeholders around what those options would be. We looked at the cost effectiveness and I guess the utility that they would provide, so the benefit to those beneficial uses. And from that, we decided that we would invest uh, $12 million um, over five years uh, through the Enhancing Our Downing Don Creek program. To facilitate that, we had an agreement with the EPA. We had an MOU set up, which um, basically enabled us to deliver that project, enabled us to get investment um, from the business, and gave us a bit of an assurance that we were, you know, we were doing this in good faith um, between the regulator and the sewage manager. And you really got a lot of community buy-in. How did you how did you make that happen? Yeah, so this was one of the really key things that set this program apart, and I think it really demonstrated a lot of leadership on Melbourne Water's behalf. Uh, for the amenity component, so there's, there's sort of four components to um, what the sewage system is providing, as I mentioned earlier. The first one is ecological health. The second one is public health. Uh, there's also amenity and recreation. 
Um, and so what we did was we structured our program around achieving outcomes on all of those. And one of the projects that we did was to improve natural amenity of Dandenong Creek. It's a highly visited waterway. Um, it's the third most visited waterway in, in Melbourne. Um, and particularly um, in that sort of really strong urban setting, people are out and about, even though it rains, people, as soon as it's dry, people are out walking their dogs. Um, they're using it to commute to, to work or to school. There's a really strong bike riding um, trail along, along the creek. So it's very highly visited and the amenity that it provides is highly valued by the community. And what we decided was that actually as sewage planners in Melbourne Water sitting in our Docklands office, we're not really in a great position to actually decide what the amenity outcome should be. We really need to ask the community. And so what we did was we formed uh, a working group uh, that included representatives from a couple of councils and friends of groups, three friends of groups uh, from the area. And we used them as uh, representation of the, of the local community. And what we did was a really full participatory um, decision-making process with those customers and those, those stakeholders. We had a number of workshops over about a year um, where we developed ideas about what could be done to improve the amenity of the area. And then we actually went away, scoped those up to make sure they were feasible and then handed over the decision-making power to the community. And we said, hey, what do you guys want to deliver here? What do you think is going to provide value? Um, and they said, okay, we'd love you to daylight the creek. There's a section of creek that's um, been, the whole, the whole creek's been heavily modified since the 1960s. It was straightened as part of flood mitigation works and some parts of the creek um, were buried underground. And they said, we'd love for you to actually reinvigorate that part of the creek and, and, and uncover it and naturalise that waterway, which is something which we haven't done before. And it was certainly a new venture for Melbourne Water, but uh, we said, okay, we'll give that a go. And about three years later, we're now in the construction process and we're due to finish that in June. So the whole process took about um, five years from inception, understanding what the projects were going to be, developing that up with the community, other stakeholders, and then through to delivery. And would I be right in thinking that the, uh, the daylighting the creek is something that would just never have occurred to you, as you say, back in the office? Certainly not, certainly not. That was really um, sort of blue sky thinking. And that was really one of the core underpinnings of the whole Enhancing Our Dandenong Creek project, that what we had to do was not business as usual. Everything we do have, has to be additional and it really needs to be demonstrating leadership um, and innovation in that space. And that was, I think, one of the real success factors of the project was that enabling environment that, that particularly from senior management that said, you know, we want you to go forth and do something great here. Um, don't come back with the usual ideas, really, um, you know, think, think big. Um, and it's fantastic that we've been able to deliver on that. And that's now uh, precipitated new projects in Melbourne Water, uh, where we have a target to naturalise five kilometres of um, waterways, uh, of channels uh, in the next price submission. Well, it was such a success. I mean, you actually, you revitalised billabongs and, you know, you turn it into a really lovely area, something that was already valued and added value to it. So it seems like a great model to follow, as you say, going forward. Yes, yeah, certainly. And there were a few projects as well that came out of it, which really surprised us. So we decided to do an interpretive signage component to really try and connect people to the space, provide a bit of education about what used to be there. Uh, and we uncovered this fantastic rich history about the area of the orchards. It was a really strong orcharding community, fantastic indigenous stories as well. And we were able to share that with the community. So a really connect, yeah, connection to space, um, understanding um, what, what, what is around them and what the meaning is uh, through different cultures. Um, and yeah, really, really great outcome. Well, thanks for coming in and sharing this great story with us. Thank you very much. That was Sarah Watkins, Senior Planning Engineer, Water Services Planning for Melbourne Water. Thanks for joining us.